And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? Then you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to Meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo from 1947. Then Jack Mather and Harry Lang star as Cisco and Pancho, Mexican good guys helping to keep law and order in the early West on the Cisco Kid. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. How are you? What's happening in Hollywood? We've got Jennifer Lopez in the news. Oh, well, yeah. She's I like Jennifer the, Lopez. I like Jennifer I date Lopez. Her. Would you? Definitely date her, yeah. Yeah, I think I would, too. But um, she's heading back to reality TV with a new dance competition series. So this is just a few months after she ended her judging on American Idol. Right. And we're not sure if she will actually be on the air on the show. She is the executive producer. She may or may not also be on the air. This is 10 episodes on NBC called World of Dance. World of Dance. World of Dance. Uh-huh. The casting is now underway. Right. Are you so try to you get cannot, an, No, yeah. I thought you may want to audition. Sure. Um, so following the audition round, the show pits dance groups against each other, and the winners will win a $1 million prize. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty so, good. you know, if interested, you know, auditions are running around And the around uh, prize winner also gets to date Jennifer Lopez. In your own imagination, right. they sure do. All right. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> Last time we started, meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo. It's time now for part two of Mr. Dreamboat's Beauty Contest. back to tell you, Corliss. It was nip and tuck, but I made it all right. Oh, thank heaven. Did Raymond do a good job on the picture? I don't know. You don't know? I, I, I never got a chance to see it. You didn't see it? No, the little stinker left me just enough time to dash down to Benson's. Oh. And he said the picture was a little wet, so he put it in an envelope and told me not to touch it. All I hope is that it came out all right. That nasty little child would be just mean enough to do a bad job on purpose. No, he'd better not have. I didn't pay him yet. I just gave you my pocket knife for a down payment. Oh, Dexter, you're a darling. <laughs> I do so want to win that contest. Hi, everybody. Well, if it isn't our old friend, Raymond Abe. And just what did you come to see me about, Raymond? I've got some news for you. Look, Raymond, if it's for nothing, we'll listen. But if you think you're going to charge Don't for this... Don't be dumb. I just came over to give you back your pocket knife and tell you that you don't have to pay me 75 cents anymore. Raymond Ames, don't tell me you have gone soft-hearted. It's just a matter of business. I give my clients what they pay for or give them back their money. Just what is that supposed to mean? Well, you ordered a picture of Corliss. Yes, with a half of the picture showing Dexter thrown away. Right. 
But uh, due to circumstances beyond my control, I made a print of Dexter and threw you away. You away? Mistakes happen, you know. Even experts like me make them. But, but, but whose picture was in the envelope Dexter brought down to Benson? I've been trying to tell you. It was Dexter's. What? Raymond Ames, you are the stupidest, nastiest, most vicious little boy I ever met. Don't get excited. Dexter might become famous. Yeah, famous. Sure. Oh, now I'm not in the contest after all, and that frizzed-out blonde Betty Cameron is going to win again. Don't be too sure. Nothing in the rules against a man winning. If we can swing enough votes Dexter's way, he might get elected Sweetheart of the Year. Who, oh, me? Me entered in a Sweetheart of the Year contest? Cheer up. Worse things can happen. Well, bye, Cordis. Uh, and Dexter. Yes? Good night, Sweetheart. <laughs> It's the next day, and the archers are at the breakfast table. Eat your cereal, Corliss. I, I don't really think I care for any cereal, Mother. I'm actually not very hungry. Well, that's too bad, baby. What's bothering you? Daddy, today is Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest. And after all, when practically one's own flesh and blood can't cooperate to the extent of helping a person to become the Sweetheart of the Year... What is there to look forward to? Surely you haven't quarreled with poor Dexter again. Poor Dexter? Poor Dexter? Honestly, Mother, the way you and Daddy sympathize with that boy, you think he was your only daughter instead of me. (laughs) Well, I'd, I'd hardly say that. But I suppose, as usual, Dexter has committed some dastardly crime that's too horrible even to think about. Oh, Daddy, Dexter was actually only an innocent bypasser. He was that little stinker Raymond. Well, what on earth did Raymond do to make you so mad at him, Corliss? Well, all he did was give Dexter the wrong picture so that when Dexter entered me in Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest, I wasn't entered at all and Dexter was. I wonder how Dexter looks in a strapless white bathing suit. Oh, Corliss, perhaps it's just as well you're not in the contest. After all, dear, you couldn't be sure you were going to win. But now Betty Cameron's going to win again. I'll die. That's what I'll do. I'll just die. Well, dear, there's always next year. Next year? Seriously, Mother, a girl can go on indefinitely retaining her looks. Well, don't worry about that, Corliss. It's any consolation, my next Christmas present to you will be a complete facelifting. Carrie. Honest, Daddy? Will it work? Well, certainly it'll work. Why, well, I know a woman of 50 who had her face lifted, and as a result, the most amazing thing happened. What? She now has a daughter older than she is. <laughs> Oh, Harry, sometimes you're so silly. Well, I'm off to the office. Can I drop you anywhere, Corliss? Well, if you're going to Ash Schroeder's drugstore, Daddy, I'd appreciate a lift. Uh, Mr. Schroeder posts the return so we don't have to hang around outside Benson. Well, come on, baby. Here's 50 cents. I'll drive you down to Schroeder's where you can drown your sorrows in the biggest, thickest, gooeyest, double-rich chocolate malted milk you've ever had. <laughs> Well, here you are, baby. Hooters, 
drugstore and gabble shoppy. <laughs> Thanks for the lift, Daddy. I'll see you at dinner. All right, Corliss. And, baby, although I think you're too young to have anything but friends... I can't help wishing confusion to your enemies. Oh, thanks, Angel. You're the most understanding daddy in the whole wide world. Bye, dear. Bye. Hey, Corner. Before you go in, I've got a proposition that might interest you. I have had enough of your fake propositions to last me a lifetime, Ray. Look, let's not waste words hating me. Here's my proposition. You'd give your right eye if Betty Cameron would lose this contest, wouldn't you? Right? Really, Raymond, I don't see why the affairs of your elders should be the least concern of yours. I can fix it so Betty loses. How? It's a trade secret. But all I want from you is a promise. What sort of a promise? You remember you mentioned something about a certain explosion in a certain cellar? Oh, that. What about it? Well, in return for swinging the contest away from Betty, you must promise never as long as you live to allude to, to refer to, and above all, not to tell my parents about said explosion. <laughs> Which was caused by a little carelessness with the chemistry said. And, uh, you'll keep Betty Cameron from winning if I merely promise that? I will. I promise. It's a deal? It's a deal. Oh, and I think you ought to know that I've never told your parents about the explosion anyhow. Well, in my business, you can't afford to take chances. Corliss! Oh, Corliss, over here! Hello, Melbourne! Golly, the place is sure jumping today. Yes, isn't it exciting? Corliss, what since I hear about you not being entered in the Sweetheart of the Year contest? Well, I'm not. And there's a certain little stinker running around loose that I can thank for. That can only be my darling little brother, Raymond. Corliss, did he pull one of his tricks on you? Well, it could possibly have been an honest, simple-minded mistake, but with Raymond, who knows? Honestly, that child. Yesterday, I overheard Dad tell Mom that he wouldn't be at all surprised if Raymond wound up as the youngest inmate in the history of Alcatraz. <laughs> really, Mildred, you and your mother and father are such nice people. It's hard to imagine Raymond is even a distant relative. Dad says practically the same thing. I've heard him say a hundred times that the stork that brought Raymond must have come to the wrong house by mistake. Oh, by the way, Corliss, are you still on speaking terms with that drip, Dexter? Well, of course. Why? Because he's standing in the doorway with that frightened look he gets when you don't talk to him for a minute. Oh, oh the poor darling. Dexter? Oh, Dexter, over here. Oh, uh, uh, hello, Corliss. Hi, Dad. Fancy meeting you here. Um, hi, Mildred. Dexter Franklin, what on earth's the matter with you? You're as nervous as a cat who's misplaced a kitten. Yeah, yeah, am I? Probably a guilty conscience. Oh, no, it isn't that, Mildred. Uh, Corliss knows what it is. It's that little stinker, Raymond. What's the little crime wave done to you? I'd rather not say. The fewer people who know about it, the better. Mildred, Dexter has the honor of being the only man entered in the Sweetheart of the Year contest. Holy cow, Corliss, do you have to tell everything you know? You mean Dexter might become the Sweetheart of the Year? Oh, no! <laughs> Holy cow, Corliss, see what you've done. Oh, she was bound to find out sooner or later anyway. Oh, gosh, if I get so much as one vote, one vote, I... Oh, look, there's Raymond. 
You just ignore him. Sometimes he goes away. Oh, I, I want to speak to him. Raymond! Hey, Raymond! Hi, Cordis! Well, a friendly little gang. Yes, and please don't join us and make it unfriendly. <laughs> Raymond, have you got any news? About our private little matter, nothing definite. But the wheels are turning, Cordis. I've just brought the returns over to Mr. Schroeder, and he'll read them in a minute. Oh. Boys and girls, I suppose you'd like to hear about the early balloting of Benson's Sweetheart of the Year contest. Oh, I'll say we would. Joanne Summers, 22. Ernestine Fuller, 27. And 7, 19. Oh, that's swell. Duchess Cameron is being totally ignored. Betty Cameron, 76. Raymond, you said the chicks. Sir Franklin, none. Raymond, I'm going to take a poke at you for this if I have to wait for you to grow up. Raymond, did we make a solemn deal or did we not? And if we did, how come Betty Cameron's in the run? Just remember, Corliss, the wheels are turning. you can do with a bottle of peroxide. I'll never give up wondering what people see in her. Say, Mr. Schroeder, you didn't read off all the returns, did you? All that came in, Martin. Just waiting on the finals any minute now. But what about Dexter Franklin? I voted for Dexter three times myself. (laughs) If that lummox Martin Wilcox knows what's good for him, he'll keep his big mouth shut. I uh, guess Dexter just isn't in the running, Martin. I don't see why not. He's a sweetheart if I ever saw one. (laughs) You can carry that kind of talk too far, Wilcox. For Pete's sake, you don't have to get sore about it, Franklin. Maybe you can be sweetheart of the year next year. (laughs) Wilcox, you just say sweetheart one more time and I'm coming over. Dexter, I absolutely forbid you to use violence in front of ladies in this store. If you and Martin want to fight, do it after the contest outside. Well, we can all watch. Mildred, where could that Raymond have gone to? Probably under some rock. Oh, Corliss, look. Huh? It's Madame Pompadour Duberry Cameron herself. Oh. And she's coming over to show off a little bit, I'll bet. Well, Mildred. Hello, Betty. And Corliss. My dear, it's been ages. I've missed you terribly. Really? Well, Betty, it looks like you've outsmarted the voters again. How do you do it? With mirrors? No, dear, with photographs. Uh, by the way, dear, where was your photograph? I looked all over the board and couldn't find it. Well, I didn't enter the contest, Betty. I figured the only way anybody ever wins is by simply begging one friend to vote for one. Oh, was that the reason? I had the silly notion that after last year's contest, you decided it was all utterly hopeless. Well, au revoir, Corliss, dear, and I hope you don't get too, too ill from eating all those sour grapes. Mm. Goodbye, Mildred. Mm. Oh, it's positively sinful, the amount I hate her. Oh, she's just a great A number one. <laughs> and here comes another. Hello, Corliss. Back again. You want to see me? Raymond Ames, I demand to know what happened to our agreement, or did your turning wheels go boom like a certain chemical set in a certain cellar, if you know what I mean. My plan worked beautifully. 
If your brilliant high school crowd wasn't so dumb, you'd have known the we grammar school students can vote in the contest, too. Meaning what? Meaning this. The right word in the right places to the right kids made them vote the way I wanted. You mean Betty didn't win after all? The boys vote anyway, I tell them. But who won? Who? I see Mr. Shoulder is about to announce the final official return. I suggest you listen. All right, quiet. Everybody quiet. The official final returns in the Benson Sweetheart of the Year contest are as follows. Joanne Summers, 112. Ann Stebbins, 117. Ernestine Fuller, 137. Betty Cameron, 225. Quiet, quiet. I have one final name to call. Another name? Holy cow, what suspense. The last name with 236 votes. The winner and official Benson Sweetheart of the Year is Dexter Franklin. Dexter, you! Me! The Sweetheart! Holy cow! Several hectic and for Dexter, unhappy hours later, we find the Sweetheart of the Year taking advice where he finds it. Honest, Mr. Archer, if my old man should find out his only son has become sweetheart of the year, he'd wail a tar out of me. Well, don't worry about your dad, Dexter. I'll explain things to him. Yeah, uh, holy cow, who is it? Life magazine. They want to take pictures of you actually being crowned sweetheart of the year. Tell them no, no, that I absolutely forbid it. Forbid it? Dexter, one would almost think you were ashamed. After all, Dexter, there's me to consider, too. You? Certainly. When I gave the man the story, he practically promised I could be in almost every picture. <laughs> You just heard Meet Corliss Archer, starring Janet Waldo as Corliss with Sam Edwards as Dexter. Meet Corliss Archer is based upon characters created by F. Hugh Herman. Music was composed and conducted by Charles Sands. This is Del Sharbot inviting you to listen in and meet Corliss Archer again next Sunday and bidding you good night from Hollywood. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Meet Corliss Archer from the 1940s called Mr. Dreamboat's Beauty Contest, starring Janet Waldo, as heard on the Armed Forces Radio Service. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. When we return, it's the Cisco Kid. Stay with us. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360. My sidekick here, Lisa Wolf, and Mike Costella, our executive producer, is to my left. And it's time now for the Cisco Kid. We lay, we play a lot of these, Lisa. These are great adventure programs for uh, kids of all ages, so that includes you. This episode is called Intrigue in Ensenada. It stars Jack Mather and Harry Lang. Here's part one of the Cisco Kid. Here's adventure. Here's romance. Here's the famous Robin Hood of the Old West. Cisco, the sheriff, he's getting closer. This way, Pancho, Fabulo. The Cisco Kid. And now the 
Cisco Kid in our exciting story, Intrigue in Ensenada. An incident which occurred in the late 1870s took the famed Cisco Kid and his jovial companion Pancho far from their usual surroundings to the peninsula of Lower California. It also brought two ominous men to this land so far from their native habitat. Two men whose outward appearance was as contrasting as a cougar and a lamb, yet whose inner motives were identical, greed and murder. As our story opens, the larger of the two, a huge figure six feet seven inches tall with massive shoulders like a gorilla, speaks down to his partner who is barely four feet high, a midget. We're sailing into Totosanus Bay, Fred. We'll soon be in Ensenada. Lift me up, Big Jim, so I can see too. Uh, there you are, little man. Sit up on my shoulder. You can see over the heads of the entire crowd. Ah, uh, what are you laughing about, you bunch of chocolate sheep? Did you ever see a midget before? Quiet down, the lot of you. I don't take the folks making fun of my small friend. That's one big Jim with a face like an ape. He deserves his head bashed in. Go ahead, do it. Ah, never mind, Fred. We'll be getting into the small boat soon. Oh, there goes the anchor now. Let's go forward to get away from these gaping hyenas. There you are. The mealy mouth fools. Ah, let them look for now, Fred. Once we get our hands on that treasure, we'll never have to be a sideshow for anybody again. We'll set up our own empire, Big Jim. When we get our hands on that stuff and convert it into hard cash, we'll have what it takes to rule, to be master. Now, cut the gab, Fred. Hey, here comes the key to our fortune. The man who's kept to himself since we left Panama City. Treat him with silk gloves. Ah, hello there, Mr. Usong. It is not right, senores, for them to laugh. Sometimes, without knowing it, people can be cruel. Mighty kind of you to take an interest in this, Mr. Hussong. Our colony of Ensenada was founded to give sanctuary and rest to all people. The proud ones, the humble ones, the tall ones, the short ones. That's us, Mr. Hussong. Big Jim Murphy, the tall one, and me, Fred Ross, the short one. We have a saying in Spanish, Senor Big Jim y Senor Fred. Mi casa es su casa. My house is your house, senores. Well, thanks, Mr. Husson. In Spanish, my name is Walterio. Walter, or in your language, Walt. Please to do me the honor. Sure thing, Walt. Hey, look, they're lowering a small boat to take us ashore. Ah, we'll be plenty glad to land after this boat ride from Panama City. Did you walk across the isthmus to get aboard? Yeah, we sure did. Santa Maria, you have had a hard journey. I am glad I did not have to make that part of the trip. <laughs> Ah, but now that this small boat is in the water, your journey is almost over. I, uh, wonder if that rope ladder there, Lorne, will hold my weight. You'll get a saltwater bath if it doesn't, Big Jim. Con su permiso, with your permission, senores, I will have to go look after my boxes of freight. I must arrange that they are brought ashore very carefully. I will be back soon, senores. Hey, did you hear him, Big Jim? You want to bet some of the freight he's bringing ashore leaves here with us? You really think it's some of the treasure that's going into the new mission? Of course. All we have to do to get it from us is to point a gun at him. <laughs> Behind a gun, you're a bigger man than even me, Fred. Suppose Hussong gives you an argument. Then I pull a trigger. And he never argues with anyone again. That's the first portion of The Cisco Kid. We'll have more after this break. Yes. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now let's get back to the Cisco Kid. Yay! Yeah! Burros! Burros! Andale! You are having a hard time driving these burros, Pancho. Oh, not so hard, Cisco. They like to hit the bullwhip, crack over their heads. <laughs> they ain't no punch, and I've never hit him, Cisco. Just around this next bend of the trail, we will see Toro Santos Bay, and then we will be in Ensenada. Pancho, be glad for that, Cisco. The long journey we make with these burros. See, it has been a long journey. Stopping at the 16 missions along El Camino Real in Upper California, and now here to Baja California. Uh, are you sorry we agreed to undertake this job? No, 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 no. Pancho, glad to do duty, Cisco. Pancho, proud that all the missions trust Tony Cisco and Pancho to get the treasures they give here to Ensenada. Yeah, it's an honor, and you have not failed the padres who want to see the mission here in Ensenada restored. Well, what's going to be the name of this mission, Cisco? I think the original mission was called Santa Isabel. So this to the Santa's Bay, huh? No wonder they call the town Ensenada. See, since Ensenada means cove and the town is built in the cove of this bay, it is a fitting name. Yo, keep going, little burro. I got much farther. Yeah! Hey, go with that signpost with the wooden marker. The marker reads that the people of this town are going to erect a statue on this spot of Miguel Hidalgo y Castillo. He the first hombre to fight for Mexico against the Spanish rulers, no? See. He is regarded here in Mexico as the father of this country, the same as George Washington is in the United States. Mm, this has got to be the main street of Ensenada, Cisco. It is called Avenida Ruiz, Pancho. Ay, those burros, I think they come to the end of the journey, Cisco. Ho, lo, go, ho, lo, go, ho, 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 ho. Hey, what is the matter, Pancho? This is not the place to halt. We are due at the home of Don Walterio Hosang. Pancho know that, Cisco, and Cisco know that, Cisco. But do the burros know that, Cisco? <laughs> I see what you mean, Chico. Uh, why this gotta happen now? Everybody in the town gathering around. How can we get the burros started again? Uh, gotta do what Cousin Paul Frio, back in Amasio, tell Pancho to do. Get all you long ear man's canaries. Uh, please, amigos. You all know how temperamental burros can be. Give me, compañero, a chance to get them started again. Now, what did Cousin Porfirio tell you to do? Well, he got to have the right answer because he thinks so much all the time. Well, what does he think about? Cousin Porfirio think about how he like to be the grandest caballero in all Hermosillo. He think about how he like to be the greatest Latin lover in all Mexico. He think about how he be the, the best bestest driver of burros in, in the whole wide world. <laughs> Pancho, you ever see Cousin Porfirio think about this before when he was riding with you, Cisco? <laughs> Many times, but it does not get the burros moving. Please, amigos, will you be silent for a momento? Now, what does Porfirio do? He, uh, he, he, he sing to the burros. <laughs> oh, no. This is good, that's what he do. Well, go ahead. Quieto, amigos, por favor. Quieto. Beautiful burros, listen to me. Lift up your head so you're able to say. Open your long ears and sing with me. Hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw. <laughs> 
and move. You don't whip on those stubborn goats and I'll move. Mother me, is this going to midget me to me, giant? <laughs> yeah, that's right, senor fat one. Oh, you call it fat one, you overgrown baboon. Pancho. Here, let me take that whip of yours and I'll show you, Pancho. Now watch him, friends. Fred here is an expert. He used to have a bullwhip act with a circus. This is the way to do it. Hey, what do you do to the burros, you little coyote, Joe? Why don't you take back the bullwhip? Hey, what you shoving? Hey, what's the idea picking on a little guy like him? Same thing applies to you, hombre. You are twice the size of Pancho. Well, then get out of my way and you won't get hurt. Because you are. You can be chopped under my side. Not by you. Long nose greenhorn. Yeah. Look out, Cisco. He's going to tramp on your head with his boot heels. Not for like a lot away. Try to roll away from this. Oh, stop that's my back. Stop that. Take your knee from Cisco's back. You break his back. Hey, what is going on here, senor? Senor, Jim, enough of this. Please, senor. Uh, uh, senores, I beg both of you to put aside your anger. Yeah. Oh, all right, Walt. But only because you asked me. Your size gives you an advantage, hombre, you but You remember I... that any time you go to tangle with Big Jim Murphy. Cisco not afraid that big ox bully. In a fair fight, Cisco beat him up any time. Cisco? The Cisco kid? Yeah, he's a Cisco kid and I, I, I Pancho. We have been anxiously waiting for you, Cisco. Is that not the truth, Fritz? See, si, more so now after what has happened. Why? Because of the fight, senora... Uh, I am uh, sorry, Cisco. I am Walter Hussang. This is the captain of the harbor boat, Fritz Labrinz. Buenos dias, senores. Padre Esteban of the San Fernando Mission requested that the cargo these bros carry be delivered to you, senor Hussong. Uh, gracias, Cisco. We are most grateful to you for bringing the gifts from the other missions. No, the padres of the other missions want to see this mission San Isabel build up again. They're glad to send these gifts and treasures. <laughs> You see, the burros agree with Pancho. I'm afraid that is because of the misfortune that has befallen us. The mission will not be entirely completed. What misfortune? The fault is mine. No, Wally, you could do nothing. Uh, you are all my friends and try to excuse me, but the blame is on my shoulders. What blame are you talking about, Wally? Blame for the loss of the golden statue of Santa Isabel. The original statue that was to be placed in the mission when it was first founded. It was made of pure gold, and the halo is fashioned of 32 flawlessly cut diamonds. Oh, what did you say? Uh, where'd you lose it? How? The box containing the statue fell overboard from the deck of Fritz's boat as we were coming ashore. It now lies in ten fathoms of water. At the bottom of Todos Santos Bay. Hurry up, Big Jim. Can't you roll any faster? Keep your prattling tongue still, Fred. I'm pulling the oars with all my strength. Ah, there's the open sea ahead. I only hope none of them ashore saw a throw out here. Uh, they were also busy watching the Cisco kid prepare to go after the golden statue at the bottom of the bay that... They had no time to see anything else. I sure hope you're right, Big Jim. With all the small boats that'll be around Cisco, no one'll ever notice us. We better bait that hook. Ah, fresh meat in a long line. It'll attract every shark in the Pacific Ocean. All we need is one of them. One shark that'll follow that fresh meat scent until we lead it to its prey. The Cisco Kid.
Cisco and Poncho are entrusted with a treasure of valuable gifts for the mission being rebuilt in Ensenada, Baja, California. When they arrive in town, they have trouble with Big Jim Murphy, a giant of tremendous strength, and with Fred Ross, a midget, whose keen sense for treasure has brought him to Ensenada. They all learn that a most priceless statue of gold and diamonds has been lost from the deck of Fritz Lebrun's boat and is now at the bottom of Todos Santos Bay. Unknown to Cisco, Jim and Fred are luring a shark into the bay as he is about to go down into the water after the statue. Oh. I would say this is the spot, Warren. See, Fritz, this is it. Almost halfway to Punta Banda. This is where the box went off the deck of the boat. You would here look over deep to Panja saying who sang. Better you not get down into that water, Cisco. I will be all right, Pancho. Please think it over again, Cisco. The water here is about ten fathoms deep. Oh, that is not too bad, Senor Walter. I have been down in sixty feet of water before. Then as long as you hold your breath and come up slowly, there is nothing to worry about. These waters are safe. Why do you not do it, Senor Fritz? Pancho. <laughs> that is a good question, Pancho. In answer, I must confess I cannot hold my breath long enough to go down to the bottom, loop a rope around the box, and come up slowly. It is most important you do not forget to let yourself come to the surface slowly, Cisco. I will remember, Sayer Walt. I'll be back on board the boat with the box before you know it. Hasta luego, amigos! Hasta luego, Cisco! Vaya con Dios, Cisco! Gracias! Adios! that line, Fred, before the shark gets the bait. There, I did it. He missed the meat again. He's still following the boat. Row faster, Big Jim. This is fast enough. I don't want to attract attention. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. Those yokels are all so busy watching the spot where Cisco went down into the water, they wouldn't notice a whole school of sharks. Now, peel out that rope again, Fred. We don't want that shark to lose interest until after he finds his prey. Hey, where is he? I don't see the fin of that shark anymore, do you? No. Blast it, you don't suppose we lost him, do you? We can't throw out the line again. We're too near the other boats. Hey, what happened? Did they catch on to what we're doing? No, look. That shark's over near Fritz LeBrance's boat. Now, get rid of the meat off that hook, Fred. So there'll be nothing to contact, connect us with the sharks being here. The bait's gone. Hey, what's that? Uh, that was Walter Hussong. He just took a shot at the shark. Hey, there goes that fat partner of Cisco's blasting away at the shark. If he hits him... Don't worry about that now. That shark's made a deep dive after the Cisco kid. Yeah, and they'll soon be crying over his grave in 60 feet of water. Senor Wolf, Senor Fritz, don't let go of Pancho. Hey, Pancho, gotta try to help Cisco. Please listen to me, Pancho. There is nothing you can do. You said before you cannot even swim. Here, water. Some of you others, hold on to Pancho. I am going into the water. Not to me. Look there, she's Look at that. Louis, Alberto, Carlos. Hey, you others in the small boats. Boat Cisco out of the water. Quickly, the shark. Some of you beat the water with your oars. Pronto. Hurry, here comes that shark again. You're not get Cisco, you maverick shark. Bueno, Pancho, you killed the shark. You saved Cisco's life. That man-eater will never attack another human being. They have Cisco in a small boat. We must get him aboard right away. Why Cisco not come too, Senor Fritz? He not uh, can be drowned. I do not think he is drowned, Pancho. 
I think he came to the service too quickly. Luis Carlos, let's just go. We will take him aboard. Careful now. Careful. I have his shoulders. Oh, Cisco, you, you gotta be all right. Here, let me help you with Cisco, Fritz. A shark in Todos Santos Bay. It did not come here by chance. It is no accident. It was baited and led here by someone who wants to see Cisco die. Not so fast, Big Jim. I can't keep up with you when you walk so fast. Blast his hide. Cisco's got the luck of a cat with nine lives to be able to escape from that shark like he did. The important thing is that he had time enough to loop a rope around that box. They've got the gold statue. Now forget about it. We can get away with the stuff Cisco and Pancho brought down to Ensenada. We'll be doing all right. The gifts Cisco and Pancho brought are in Walter Song's storehouse at his estate, Quintas Papagayos. Yeah, that storehouse has adobe walls four feet thick. The lock on the door is so big even I couldn't break it. You won't have to. Come on. Do you remember the high window whose song mentioned as being the only source of ventilation? Yeah. It's almost eight feet from the ground. Bars across it are as thick as my wrist. The window's high enough, and the bars are strong enough to keep the average man off. But I... Hey, you could at that. Why, you could squeeze between those bars and get inside the storehouse, Fred. You're small enough. That's what I figure to do. As soon as they open the door of the storehouse and come in, I'll be able to get the drop on them. And I'll be able to kill them. Now, that'd be a pretty dumb thing to do. You'd have the whole town down on us in no time. I'll keep them as hostages while you load everything onto LaBrance's boat. <laughs> it's foolproof. But before we shove off, I'd like to get my hands on that Cisco kid once more. Nothing I'd like better than to finish the job I started by breaking his neck. Does the jolting of the cart make you uncomfortable, Cisco? We can slow down to a walk. I am all right, Senor Walter. Keep on going as you are. I have never seen anyone recover so quickly as you have, Cisco. And that cause Cisco so healthy and strong, Senor Fritz. <laughs> Any other hombre but Cisco, he not be alive now. Oh, come now, Pancho. I was just lucky. We also were lucky, Cisco. Lucky that the padres of the other missions chose you to come to us. This golden statue of Santa Isabel would still be at the bottom of the bay, but for you. You know, I would never have allowed you to go down into the water if I knew about the shark, Cisco. Of course I know that, Senor Fritz. And as soon as I am able, I am going after those two coyotes who lured that shark into Todos Santos Bay. We need no further proof after finding the boat with the line and the hook that the midget and the giant were responsible. No doubt there are many, many miles from here now. Well, we pick up your tears, Cisco. When you're all well again. I am all right, I tell you. And we'll go after them in the morning. You are both my guests, Cisco. And you, Pancho. For as long as you will stay here. Gracias, Senor Walter. You have a very beautiful estancia. Yeah, but why'd you give us such a name? Quintas Papagayo? Si, Quintas Papagayo. Why'd you call it the country estates of the big Papa Parrots? <laughs> that is a good translation, Pancho. Truthfully, I chose the name because I like the looks of it and I like the musical sound of the words. Oh, ho, caballos. Oh, ho. Soon as we put the statue of Santa Isabel into the storehouse with the other treasures, we will take you to the house, Cisco. Yeah, you stay here. We're able to carry the box. Santa, uh, nobody could break into that storehouse, thank you, Walt. Yeah. 
I purposely had it built so no one would try, Pancho. Well, if I can help you, I will. No, no, no. You stay here, Cisco. Ah, here's the key. Here's the door unlocked and opened. Come in, please. We can set this with the other boxes you and Cisco brought, Pancho. That's fine, gentlemen. Leave it there and raise your hands. Carefully, I hit what I aim at. Neither me, the midget. How did you get in here? The window. Only he could squeeze through the bars. You dropped the guns or I show you how good I was when I was with the circus. We do as you say. But it can do you no good. How can you escape from here? With you as my hostages, who will dare to stop me? We're moving all this stuff out to the wagon and then to your boat, Labrins. Not so fast, Lombre. Now you are the one who has covered. Ah, drop the gun before you turn around. Bueno, Cisco. But you know you come to the rescue. <laughs> Cisco, Cisco, the giant in back of you. Come on, Cisco. Now it's your turn. Let go your gun. Easy like. Now go on. Yeah, this is far enough. Ah, we're still a good team, Big Jim. As soon as I get my gun, you can get rid of Cisco like you wanted to. Not while I can grab your gun, you big mummy. Ah, missed me. I don't need a gun to break your back. First you will have... Get your hands on me. And before you can do it... I'll tear you apart. Not while I can get a hold. Flip you over my head. That's the way to do it, Cisco. You throw him over your head and knock him out. I believe every word of what you say about Cisco's good health and strength, Pancho. And when the law is through with these two would-be killers, they will believe every word of what they have heard about Cisco's ability to make criminals pay for their crimes to the law. Cisco! Say, si, Pancho. You know that, uh, that Fred Ross and that, that big Jim Murphy get what they deserve. Say, si. well, that is the way it should be, Pancho. It should be like that. Say, si. you know that the justice in Ensenada is the same as in the United States. You know, all the people there be proud of the mission when it's built. Well, they have a right to be proud of the whole beautiful town. Yeah, and the beautiful Toda Santa's Bay. It's good to know they're safe from sharks. They probably not never get another one in the bay again. Uh, but, 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 you know, she's going to uh, cousin five times away. Felipe, he not afraid to go swimming in the water. Where there a shark? Flippy is not afraid of sharks? Flippy not afraid of sharks. Huh? <laughs> he swim right out in the middle of the man-eating sharks. And they never bother him. Well, how is that possible? Because the tattoo he got on his chest. Man-eating sharks will not bother him because of the tattoo on his chest? Well, what is it? A porcupine. Well? Not even a shark would swallow that. Oh, Pancho! Oh, he's gone! And so ends another exciting adventure with O. Henry's famous Robin Hood of the West. The Cisco Kid. Be sure to listen again for another thrilling adventure of The Cisco Kid. 
Cisco Kid was played by Jack Mather. Pancho by Harry Lang. And that's the Cisco Kid with Intrigue in Ensenada, starring Jack Mather and Harry Lang, as heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System. want to remind all of our listeners that we have a website for this show. It's called Hollywood360Radio.com. Just log on and check out all the fun things we have there, including thousands and thousands of pictures of the lovely and vivacious Lisa Wolf. We also have a store there with thousands of classic radio shows available on CD and digital download. There's also video and DVD releases of uh, your favorite classic television shows. We have our full schedule there, and just on and on and on. There's a plethora of things at Hollywood360Radio.com. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. Do we have a Facebook page, too, and a Twitter and all that? All of that. Really? We do? Hollywood360Radio. Do we? Are you sure about that? Yes, we do. Okay, very good. That covers it. Let's take a break, and then it's more here on Hollywood360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, we'll tune in to Escape. You won't want to miss that. Then it's part one of The Great Gildersleeve from 1945. We'll see you next time. <laughs> 